0: This is Mike Brown here. You're listening to the Moto X Pod Show. Hey, this is Ryan Dungey and you're listening to the Moto X Pod Show.
1: was a little appropriate tonight after Southwick uh, and Florida, which was I thought was pretty sandy. But, uh, yeah, it's a little America. Fourth of July coming up. Their song, Sandman. Good classic music. Uh, great race at Southwick this weekend. By the way, I'm in studio by myself. TJ, uh, his vehicle's broke down. He's headed back out West Texas tomorrow, so he's trying to get that thing going. But, um, yeah, so I'll be here by myself. we we'll are talking about Southwick for just a few minutes. Um, and then we'll we'll get right into the guests here in just a little bit, but uh, great race I thought. Um, Marvin wins another race. I uh, think it was a true test. Guys were dropping like flies. Uh, you know, Freddie Norin, a few others stepped up. Our boy John Short stepped up. Uh, it was a hell of a test for physical demand and bikes. Really fun to watch. Uh, I want to thank all our sponsors though for this episode, episode 129, Torque One Racing, our title sponsor. Uh, Torque One Racing is providing high-quality economical performance parts, so check out Torque racing, du- Torque One Racing.com for your grips, pegs, handlebars, shifters, brake pedals, and more. Follow them on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And, of course, Shock Socks, MX Girl Designs, All Sport Dynamics, Blood Lubricants, Fly Racing, who uh, just signed up for another year with us, so we'll be doing lots more with them over the next year. Power Band Racing for your WP Suspension needs works wheels and mods extreme colors helmet painting and Kyle Tucker Keller with Keller Williams key partners real estate if you're looking to sell something uh sell some real estate or buy some real estate Kyle wants to help you out Kyle Tucker at KW.com um yeah so again episode 129 I'm dark side of course um ready to do a show man we got a got Dino on tonight Dean was just on Pulp last night we're gonna go down a Little bit different line of questioning and do something a little different with him tonight. Larry Hughes is back on with Stasic, um, and he's he's been on a few times. He's from Houston, he's a uh, part of the Texas FCA motocross camps. Um, and Lane Shaw, you know, probably here. Lane Shaw is going to be on tonight discussing his comeback, some injuries, and possibly, uh, we'll maybe talk to a couple other guys still kind of waiting to get some responses. So, yeah, it's a pretty short intro tonight. We'll, we'll, uh, We'll, we may talk about some other things here in a little bit. Don't have a whole lot to say uh, without my co-host TJ in studio. It's kind of hard to have some banter, you know. Um, it's just kind of weird just doing this by myself. Um, but looking forward to tonight. I uh, would like to get some feedback if you guys listened to Pulp last night on the wrap-up show. I don't know why we're talking I'm going to talk about that on our show a little bit, but uh, just kind of see what your what your thoughts are on Steve's suggestions. So, yeah, send them uh, send them in on Instagram or darkside at pulpamex.com. Love to hear you guys' responses. So, okay, take a quick little break. Be back with our first guest of the night.
2: What's up? Seven Deuce Trace here on the Moto X Pod Show. Dang.
0: All
1: right, our first guest of the night is uh, factory Husky rider Dean Wilson. What's up, Dino? Uh, not too
0: much, just... Uh on my way to the Husky shop, gonna pick up my bank
1: for uh, trading tomorrow. So, um, yeah, yeah, getting ready, man. Uh, coming back at Red Bud, we heard you talk about that last night on pulp. Um, so we're not gonna touch too much on the things Steve talked about. Um, I would like to know just, you know, what, what are your expectations for the first race back? I mean, is it just to finish right now? Is that the, the key? I think my expectations, I don't really
0: have any, to be honest. I just want to have two solid modes where I'm, you know, pushing the whole way to the checkered flag. It's kind of funny. I don't really know where I stand or what I'll finish, but, you know, I've been working hard. And, um, you know, I'm not quite 100%, but uh, we'll see how it goes.
1: Yeah, well, I think everybody, the fans are certainly excited to have you back. Um, You know, you're definitely one of the most popular riders in the pits. Huge social media um, following, you know, and a lot of, you're one of those guys that does a lot of fun stuff on social media. So I, I think the fans are ready to have you back and it's probably going to be fun just to be back out there and get back into the swing of things a little bit.
0: Yeah. It's kind of funny. I think they kind of, um, kicked off. I get more excited for sure. Yeah. Um, so looking forward to it, especially seeing all the fans again and stuff. But, uh, I know it's going to be tough coming back next season, but uh, it's just the cards I've dealt with. And uh, just, you know, just keep pushing and pushing and uh, try to get to where we need to be.
1: Absolutely. Let, let me I talked to you about this before a little bit, but um, Bobby Hewitt, man, keeping you on, along with having Jason Anderson and Zach Osborne on the team, it just says a lot about the guy, I think. I mean, what, is, what does that mean to you, knowing that you have such support from a guy like that?
0: Yeah, I know, Bobby's a great guy, uh, always, uh, you know, does his best for me, and was pushing hard for me at the beginning of the year to have me on this team as a third writer. and he, he did his best, and unfortunately, that's just not how things ended up, so, Bobby's always believed in me and had my back, and it's something I really appreciate, and, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm stoked to be on the team. The whole the whole Rockstar Husqvarna team is honestly just one of the funnest teams, and, we all work our butts off, but we also enjoy our weekend as well and have a laugh while we're doing it. So, it's a, it's awesome to be back, and uh, you know Huskivarna and Rockstar—they're just you know all great people to have backing me, and uh, yeah, I mean, probably just a huge uh, part of the program for sure.
1: Yeah, you mentioned uh, you know the the fun you guys have, and I mean. You, you've got guys like Jason Anderson who, you know, are somewhat quiet when it comes to doing media stuff, but you see little signs of his uh, humor and and things when they do segments on the races with him. And and then you've got guys like Zach Osborne who are just incredible personalities, friendly. Young guys like Michael Moseman who's, you know, doesn't really fit into the moto um what am I looking for? Like the, the image of a moto guy with his personality is very smart, but, but seems to like to laugh. And then Jordan Bailey is same way. Funny guy. Uh, I would think the Husky rig would be one of the most entertaining places to be most of the, at most races. Yeah, I no, mean, it is. We all, uh,
0: guess have our own personalities and, uh, that's what makes it cool. You know, everyone's got the respect for each other. And I think that's the biggest thing, you know, we, of course, we like to have fun and have a laugh, but you gotta have the respect as well, and everybody does. So, yeah. It's awesome. Good vibes. And I think that's what makes it enjoyable is having people around you that, uh, you know, are kind of on the same page.
1: Absolutely. So, like I said, I don't want to talk a whole lot about your comeback this week because I know that you talked about it last night, and most people that listen to Pulp, you know, anybody that listens to us already listens to Pulp, probably. Um, I'd like to know a little bit about, like, if you thought back over your career, uh, your professional career is there anything in particular that you would have done differently now knowing now what you knew then?
0: Um, no, not really. I think I take everything as a you know a lesson, and I don't think I'd be where I'm at today if I didn't go through those hard trials that I've been through. So, of course, I would, could say that I would do that different and that different so I could win more championships, but obviously, I wish I had more championships, but um. I've had a hard road pace for me, and I've had to work really hard to be where I am, and I think that's going to carry me on through life after racing. You know, I've just learned how to deal with the hardships and stuff like that. And um, I wouldn't really try to change anything. I I like where I'm at today, and I'm a happy person most of the time. (laughs) And uh, so, yeah, I mean, I think uh, I wouldn't change anything, Just, just lessons learned.
1: Yeah. Well, you mentioned being a happy person most of the time and life after Moto, where that may take you. Um, yeah, outwardly, we don't ever really see, um, any really, really anything negative from you, you know, so you at least don't project that to where fans see it. Um, you seem to take the positives out of most situations and I do think that's going to lead you into something really special once the racing career is over, um, have you thought about that any more lately, you know, why you're injured about, you know, down the road, being a team manager, down the road, being a test rider, something, you know, something like Andrew Short's doing where he's racing all types of different bikes, just having fun with Honda, you know, or KT, or whoever, you know, Husky, whoever you decide to work with. Is that something you've thought about? Uh, no, not really. I mean,
0: yeah, it crossed my mind here and there, but if you knew me really well, you would know that <laughs> – as my friends and family do. I'm not the type of guy that makes plans in life. I just like to go with the flow, so... (laughs) I mean, I like... You know, I I never make plans. I like to just... You know, if I do make plans, it's about 10 minutes before, so... uh, That's just kind of how I like to live it, and... uh, You know, we'll just see where the wind takes me, but... um, Yeah, I just like to... to, uh, You know, go off the energy and... You know, just goes
1: to slow. Yeah. Well, we heard that a little bit last night with your uh, airline flights uh, preparation. So yeah, you definitely live in life dangerously with that. Yeah, it's, it's
0: fine. Keeps it fun. Fine, fine, <laughs> fine with a perfectly normal ticket,
1: it's too easy. Well, there you go. Um, so I want to talk about something else. You kind of mentioned. You you talked about you know the the Cali practice tracks and. The vet sometimes getting on the the pro tracks, and you know we've seen the injuries and the, the accidents that have happened at Glen Helen. Um, what do you think we you, What do you think should be done about that? I, I don't really feel like you guys should have to be out on track with kids on fifties and kids on eighties or eighty fives. Um, I mean, what? But how do you fix that out in California? Do you think? I'm not
0: sure. I think maybe when you sign up to the front gate. You know, you have to write what level you're at, and you get a colored wristband to your level, and that's the track that you have to go on. You, you know, because I think just it's not bet writers, but it's just a lot of writers in general that are just learning to write shouldn't be on the pro track, um, you know, and that's how all these accidents happen.
3: Yeah,
0: so it's uh, just kind of scary because you know we're trying to do a job to our relapse then, but also the track. Not just for me, it's for everybody. So it's just writers knowing their capabilities and being on the track that they should be on, and, and also knowing their whereabouts. You know, sometimes there's writers that don't even know you're behind them and they'll just go right to the left right in front of you. Yeah. So uh, I think maybe, you know, it's the front gate. You've got to write down your level, your skill level, or your class level, and um, that kind of detects what track you write.
1: Yeah, I know here in Texas, you know, usually when you go sign up to practice a track, you know, you're you're either A, B practice or C, D practice or right. what 85 practice or a vet practice, and you get 20 minutes or 30 minutes, and that's it. You know, we don't – very rarely is it just open practice, um, and certainly it's never that way. We don't ever have the opportunity where guys like at your level are out there. I would um, – yeah, I've had to do that one time at Glen Helen at Vet Nationals a couple of years ago. I rode practice with Doug Dubach and Chicken, and I promise you, I'm not even near that level, and I was just absolutely in the way, period. So, yeah, it doesn't seem safe. It,
0: I mean, it's, it's always going to be like that. That's why everybody really has their private facilities, but even like for certain tank practices, you know, we did 35, 40 minute bows during the week. So, you know, to get pulled off, uh, you know, when you're trying to do your mode, it's kind of not ideal either. Right. So it's kind of a tricky situation to keep. It's, it's just hard to keep everyone happy, you know. So it's uh, hopefully they come up with a solution though that works for everybody and everyone's happy.
1: Definitely, we need to keep everybody safe, and and you guys have the opportunity to practice. All right, so I've got a few listener questions, um, and of course, Hal sent a couple okay. in, so um, I'm going to read these to you, and you tell me what you think. Um okay. so how says, Where is where is your total war line in quotes, which means in racing, at what point and what does it take your mind where do your mind to go into I'm going to catch him and murder him beast mode basically? Does that make sense?
0: Yeah. Um I think honestly you get that feeling at a race. Um I think that just honestly a lot of it comes from prepping during the week and building that confidence so when you're at the race you're just completely confident that you can get into that zone and you're catching the guy in front of you and you just start hitting your marks and you're, you're getting more confident every lap and you see the guy in front of you and when you start it's it's it, it, it late in a moment you start catching the guy a little bit it's just like blood in the water like yeah you're not gonna stop until you're not gonna stop until you get him and you find that and it's funny because you're just chasing them, you know. You're it's like a you know chasing a rabbit. You just you just don't stop until you catch them. And uh, and you 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 kind of uh, find that extra energy that you never even knew you had because just dangling right in front of you, you know. So I think that's where the 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 prep of being confident to go into that beast mode during the mobile and having that carrot dangling right in front of you also brings out that extra just that little bit that you maybe don't have during practice that when you're racing, you have it. Cause you, you know, it's for a big position.
1: Yeah, absolutely. All right. So here's another one. Uh, what three things makes motocross worth all the blood, sweat, and pain?
0: Um, what three things makes motocross Like was blood, sweat pain, was that like a reference?
1: Uh, I don't know. I just want to know, say what, what makes it worth it?
0: Oh, okay, well, I think what makes it worth it is seeing all your hard work pay off or chasing goals and achieving them or getting closer to your goals there's always just as long as you're always working towards something and trying to accomplish something, I think that's what makes it worth it, you know, I think you know me during the off season in December well a few big of my a few of my big sponsors uh you know, gave up on me, and I I feel like I lost, I feel like everyone stopped believing in me,
4: hmm. and,
0: you know, when I came out to Anaheim, I was second fastest in qualifying, was second in my heat race, and led 15 minutes of the main event, like, that, that totally made it worth it, and I ended up fourth, which, obviously, a when would have been ideal, but even a fourth felt amazing, because... Because a lot of people didn't see what I was going through in December, so yeah, it was it's like pretty, pretty cool.
1: Yeah, and I, I would imagine having having people stand by like Paul Parabinos, who's always there to help out, and and your dad Andy. Those things probably p- are part of what makes it worth it too. You have those people that are always by your side. And you know, you they have your back no matter what.
0: Yeah, I think so. I have thought just my close people that that uh, believe in me. Um, one of probably just the biggest. Um, supporter with me is um, Sam. Yeah. There, nobody really knows. He's a very low-key guy, but he's been with me you know, for since I've, I've been working with Sam since
5: 2007.
0: Um, but he's just not very he doesn't stay in the scene or he's never, he's just there to help me and uh, nobody really knows who he is, but he has been a huge help to me and to keep my confidence up and um, just She
1: just – we have a very good bond. Awesome. All right, a couple more listener questions. Um, What do you think is better, growing young kids in the club support world or picking up after they have matured and uh, learned life lessons? So, you know, picking kids – like factory teams picking kids up at a young, young age like we got Ryder D and, you know, Jet Reynolds or waiting until they've, you know, had some experience. What do you think is better long-term?
0: Um. Long term, I think it's better to pick them up later. But I also understand they want to pick them up. The team want to pick them up before another team picks them
3: up. Right, so that's
0: the way it is now. When I was an amateur and I was coming through, um, you know, I, uh, I I didn't have that. I had some good support as an amateur, but I never had a factory right until you know two or three months before the first you know, my first pro race, yeah. so, um, I, I think it just keeps them hungry, I feel, I feel like I see a lot of kids these days that are super early with a team, and then, uh, you know, with a team, and then, you know, once they go pro, they kind of, I feel like they've lost that spark and that, just that drive in them, you know, I think, you know, not having it keeps you so motivated, and I feel like there's a few kids that have already had it given to them, and then and then they kind of don't really have what it takes to to get that next level in the pro
1: class. So. Yeah, I've definitely seen that a lot, and you know, I think some kids they get kind of pampered and maybe expected almost, and then they don't know how to handle things when things don't go like they were in amateur racing where they dominate, you know. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: right. It's a tough road. I mean, you you see the last you know, Cinderella will even tell you, you know, I, don't went through a rough road, you know. It's like those guys were just so dominant as an amateur and never lost. And then, you know, you got those kids that didn't really have everything that they had when they were uh, their age. And then, you know, they come up and they start beating them because I feel like they're super hungry. And they been that's good, you know, make it Adam can beat them his whole life. And, uh... It's hard to take, and they go through some hard trials. So I feel like Adam's a perfect example, and he'll tell you himself that, you know, he was pretty factory and training with Alden when he's on a super mini, you know, and um, he's had a lot of injuries as well. But yeah. I think uh, Adam made a huge turning point in his career because kind of uh, changed his mentality and stuff like that.
1: Yeah, and I think that came from getting with uh, a guy like Nick Way who does have that experience and maturity and kind of can, you know, show that hey, you know, I went through this. I went through what you did a little bit, and now I can teach you some lessons, and Adam seems smart enough to listen, which is not always yeah, easy. Yeah, I
0: think smart, and he seems very mature now as well. Like Yeah. You know, he basically lost that championship in Vegas and handled it like such a professional. Yep. And that was pretty cool because that, that's – that's not easy to do stuff. It was, uh, he's just, I think, growing up a lot. And, um, he's, he's in a good spot
1: right now, for sure. All right. Last listener question. This is from Hal again. Uh, so you're going to get a little bit of Hal's personality in this question. Do you think the new generation is a bunch of pussified little sissy-ass snowflakes that should all be sacrificed in a burning pit of lava like I do? Oh, my God. <laughs> That's Hal for it. Um,
0: I do think the new generation isn't even like to go into my generation. I um I don't know. I just feel like a lot of kids at the track are just so. Um, there's not a lot like really just like young gritty gritty kids, you know, that are out at the track all day and pounding lap And you know, one kid I'll credit to that I feel like is has that element get born. Uh, um, uh, I don't know. how Hunter's brother. Yeah, yeah. He, he, that kid puts in the work, and I just feel like a lot of kids just kind of go through the motions, and then they go home and play Fortnite. You know, where <laughs> unfortunately that's not going to cut it. You need to do that extra time. And another kid that puts in the work is that is Joe Shimoda. Those two kids, I I've been at the track, and they they work hard, and they you know they they uh, seem like. You know, they're always working on the writing and trying hard. stuff. So I can just see that with my eye. But I do think, you know, the video games and all that now are, are so good that kids would rather play video games than go writing, you know?
1: Oh, yeah. I, I can't get my stepdaughters to go ride bicycles with me because they just want to sit and watch YouTube. And I'm like, come on, let's go have some yeah yeah.
0: yeah, it's just the just generation of today. It's just the way it is. And it's just... uh the electronics and stuff like that, like there's a good meme that totally relates to me is like it says when you when you find your squad or when you're a kid and you find your squad it's just like a Pan bmx bike laying in the yard. And <laughs> yeah. that's like how it was with me. You just ride bikes around and build jumps and yep. we're always outside. Where now I just feel like kids have their headsets on, you know, smoking a jewel playing playing Fortnite.
1: Yeah, I feel sorry for those hey, Don't kids. get me
0: wrong. I like to play Fortnite, but, you know, I, 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 put, I put in my work before I play Fortnite. Right,
1: absolutely. Well, Dean, I don't want to take any more of your time, man. Um, really looking forward to seeing uh, seeing you out there this weekend. And I'll actually be at Millville, so I'll see you in a couple weeks. Um, but, man, glad to have you back. Glad you're starting to feel better. Um, and just, just get out there, have fun, and stay safe, man. Thank you. I appreciate it. I
0: uh, appreciate the call.
1: Of course, Dean, you have a good night and we'll all talk right. to you soon, bud.
0: Thank you. Bye-bye. All right. See ya.
1: All right. This is Dean Wilson, uh, back at red bud. Um, uh, I like, you know, he's, he doesn't really have any expectations. He's just going to go out there and see where he's at, get some riding in, uh, and work his way back. And, you know, we all know how difficult it is coming back in mid season. It's just, we saw a- AP this last week. Uh, you just cannot be at race pace. It's impossible Uh, so last week we did a contest for blood lubricants I want to announce the winner that was uh, Dustin Davis he is the winner of our blood lubricants uh, free oil I'll be sending that out as soon as I get his address so Dustin I sent you an email check that get back with me I'll get that stuff out uh, either the end of this week or early next week and yeah we're gonna take a first commercial break and we'll be back with Larry Hughes
2: to pick your color. And don't forget, they are available for street bikes too.
1: Dark side here. Are you guys in the market for a set of new custom graphics? Are you tired of the same old basic layouts the big box companies offer? Well, if so, then you need to check out MX Girl Designs. From custom graphic kits, stickers, reproductions, and even vintage, MX Girl does it all. Call or text Char at 936 828 1472 or email char char at MXgirl.com and that's MXgirl G-U-R-L and tell her Moto X Pod sent you. What's up, Moto X-Pod listeners? This is Dark Side. And as motocross racers, one of our top priorities is safety. That's why Allsport Dynamics wrist braces are one of my favorite products. Allsport Dynamics sees themselves as the Picasso of Safety Braces. Their passion for design and developing beautiful braces never stops. They've had the privilege to work with some of the largest names in the sports industry and have established a reputation for always bringing innovation to the table with every brace. For the pro chasing the championship or the six-year-old whose mom wants to avoid a broken bone, please try all-sport dynamic wrist braces. Go to motocrosswristbrace.com or check out Instagram at wristbraceguy or call 936 569 1003 and ask for Jeff Brewer or Gary White. And keep in mind, these are the wrist braces that Justin Bogle, Joey Cevacci, Weston Pike, Adam Cianciarello, Matt Gurky, and Brock wear in their pro careers. Check them out, all sports, dynamic
3: braces. Powerband Racing is a suspension company dedicated to providing best service and products. They are committed to developing new products and improve your ride they want your suspension to be the best it can be they're based out of minneapolis and they're a wp authorized service center and trusted by ryan sipes many bikes to big bikes they cover them all powerband racing has your suspension covered contact them at 320-983-3400 and follow them on facebook or instagram
1: all right next up we have uh Mr. Larry Hughes, who is brought to you by Blood Lubricants. Blood Lubricant oil lines were created to bring out the highest level of performance and protection for all types of racing. Blood Lubricants has three series of oil to fit your needs, as well as chain lube, degreaser, polyclean, and more. Whether you ride moto, race dirt track, or anything else, visit bloodlubricants.com for all your oil needs today. So, Larry, uh, we've talked to you a few times in the past you're always fun to have on. You, uh, you're part of Texas FCA. Um, you you worked for uh, Alta for a little while. Um, now you're, you've you got something going on with Stasic. So talk about that a little bit.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, last time I talked to you, I was working for uh, the most powerful motocross bike, electric motocross bike ever produced, the Alta Redshift. And now I'm working for the smallest electric motorcycle <laughs> ever made uh stasic, and it's so exciting um so yeah they hired me on as a as a what they call a territory uh, district manager and um so yeah what the deal is with stasic it's it's so amazing every oE and for those of you that don't know what Stasic is just real quick Stasic is a very small uh seventeen pound basically it's a balanced bike like a strider but it has electric motor on it yeah and uh and uh, you know a lot, a lot, some of your uh, audience might not be familiar with that but just want to make sure they know that and it's it's spelled kind of weird sta for stability and then cyc for cycle stability cycle and they pronounce it stay sick so anyhow get that all the way out of the way but um <laughs> yeah so so what's really interesting with the brand every oe was interested in buying Stay Sick last year honda yamaha kawasaki suzuki ktm they all expressed interest but the one that really had the vision was Harley-Davidson, believe it or not. Okay. Harley came to Stasic and they said, look guys, we want to buy your brand and we want it to remain Stasic and Harley-Davidson also, so we want you to sell it to non-Harley dealers as the Stasic brand, and we want you to sell it to Harley dealers branded as Harley-Davidson. And what Harley sees this is, is as what's going to help create the next generation of riders because we are skipping a generation of riders. I mean, it's, it's kids that are that are young at three and five and seven years old. They're they're not getting introduced to outdoor sports, to motorcycling, in the numbers that they used to when we were growing up in the '70s or the '80s or even those of you that grew up in the '90s, right? Oh yeah, um, sure. And and so now this is something that's very affordable. It's six hundred to seven hundred dollars retail. A three to five year old can sit on it flat footed, and they can hold it up. Whereas a PW50, a lot of times if a, a parent goes into a store, into a motorcycle dealership, and they put their three- to five-year-old on a PW50, um, they can't hold it up. You know, they're tippy-toeing, they got uh, to get training wheels, or, or the thing falls over, it's close to 100 pounds. Well, a SpaceX is, is a 12-inch and a 16-inch, but they weigh between like 17 and 19 pounds. So it really fits that void of being able to help kids start on motorized two-wheel fun at an early age.
1: Yeah, they, there was a uh, Stasek setup out at Oak Hill this weekend for the Pro Cup. Um, right. I, I assume that's a, a different um, area than your your area. Um, but they were out there, and I was riding my BMX bike on the pump track, and there was a kid mm-hmm. that was probably four, I'd say four or five years old, out there on a Stasek. And I actually have some GoPro on my Facebook page of actually me going by him. But that kid was just having a blast, hauling butt around the, the – uh, the pump track and yeah having a good time with all the other kids on bicycles
2: yeah it's so cool that you mentioned that in oak hill so a real quick story the founder of basic is ryan raglan and and he was the head of r&d over at ktm for several years and um that's where he got the idea his his now nine-year-old when he was two that's where he got the idea to do this and uh ryan's from california and if temecula guy socal guy and he has been had this vision of moving to Texas for years and years. Well, he started the company. The company was then bought by Harley Davidson. He's still on as the COO of the co- of the company. But he moved to near Weatherford recently. Okay. And so, um, yeah. So he he loves Texas, and and he was the one that kind of got the 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 head start on or the whole shot on on getting that uh, that pump track out there for uh, for Oak Hill.
1: Oh, nice. Yeah, I had a. Uh... I had like the highlight of my weekend, honestly, this weekend was doubling, doing a double on my bicycle out there. Cause (laughs) I've just recently kind of got back into riding some BMX with my buddies, but I'm still a little gun shy. And, uh, I, I, I submitted or succumbed to peer pressure from some eight, nine, 10, 11 year old boys. (laughs) They were, uh, they were calling me out, say, Hey dude, you can jump it," And I was like, no, no, I can't. And they kept on, they kept on. I was like, all right, I went and got my helmet, came back, went around four or five times. And I finally, uh, Finally got the nerve to go for it and, and got it. And, yeah, the, I let the, the kids, including the boy on the sick make fun of me enough until I finally did it. Um, awesome. That yeah. is awesome, dude. The old man showed the kids. Way to go. <laughs> yeah, well, I told they those kids. I told those kids, I said, look, I live three hours from here. I'm by myself. So if I get hurt, one of you kids is driving me home, and I'm not bringing you back. <laughs> but uh, Awesome. Anyway, um, so you mentioned Harley. You know and at one point Harley was a little interested in Alta. There was yeah. a deal going through, so Harley very clearly sees the future of electric, um, you know, bikes, motorcycles. Uh, they seem to be you know forward thinking, which is definitely needed. Um, and if the OEMs were interested, also it shows that this thing has something.
2: No, very good point. Actually, very good. Harley, you know, you really think about successful american companies of all time harley is one of them we think about the thing is that the the brand has been around since the early 1900s i'm like i I might forget the exact date it's either 1909 i think it's
4: 1909
2: yeah and uh and and it's to me my i I wasn't a big harley fan growing up right so growing up in the 70s you know i I thought they were junk right (laughs) but they built such an image you know and and they have done such an amazing job of marketing and their product has gotten really good as well, you know, but, but you, you know, back to your point, they see the vision of, of, of the future. They do. And they see that the most, most importantly, they, that the motorcycle industry needs to get kids on two wheel motorized vehicles at an early age. And that's the whole reason behind Stacy.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, you made a comment a little while ago about, you know, uh, getting kids involved outside and that stuff. And I, I actually just got on the phone with Dean Wilson a little bit ago. We were talking about, uh, you know, the youth, th- this generation. And I was telling him, like, I can't hardly get my stepdaughters to go out and ride bikes with me. They want to stay inside. They want to look at YouTube. They want to play video games. And, yeah, it's, it's hard to figure out how to get these kids, you know, without forcing them, and then they're not having fun, to go outside and let's, ride bikes or whatever but my stepdaughter when my youngest one she keeps saying i want a scooter i just want a scooter i want an electric scooter well i don't like scooters but i think the stasic bicycle (laughs) the stasic the the stationary bicycle Mm -hmm. looks Mm -hmm. amazing i think she would have a blast on something like that
2: well it's that's uh interesting that you brought that up i was doing a demo at a dealership down in victoria texas last week and the owner had his daughter there and she was about seven years old she had a she had a a Strider, but she didn't like to ride it. Right. She didn't like it at all. She right. had a bicycle with, uh, with training wheels and she didn't like that either. She got on the Stasic and it was fun for her because it had a throttle, you know, and it was small enough to where she could sit on it flat footed and not feel threatened. And so for, for those kids, like you mentioned, you know, it, it's so non-threatening to get on it. And, and you know, for the parents that are really, really conservative with their kids want them to be careful, they feel safe with it because it, it looks like a bicycle, you know? So, um, uh, it, it, there's so many positive things around it and I'm really excited to be part of this company that's going to help generate the next generation of, of riders
1: yeah absolutely and where can people go to I mean I'm sure there's a stasiccom but if they want to actually go physically look yeah. at one um, how do they find dealers
2: well that that's the exactly right there stasic there's a dealer locator just put in your zip code um, you know they're they're all over they're starting to be all over the country we have about 300 dealers right now but we just signed up a national sales force that I'm part of, and uh, we're signing up new dealers left and right. But they're only going to be found at OE dealers, so Honda, Yamaha, Kawasaki, Suzuki, oh,
4: okay.
2: KTM, uh, KTM, Husky, Harley-Davidson. If you want one branded Harley, you can go to our <laughs> Harley dealership. Those will be av- available around August, but uh, the Stasic brand ones, they're exactly the same, just different graphics. Uh, those are available all over the place. Just go to stasic.com and uh, type in your zip code in the dealer locator and It'll show you
1: the closest one near you. Man, that's really cool. I'm definitely going to check that out when I get off here and see about maybe maybe finding one of those for my stepdaughter, so she'll they'll go ride bikes with me. Uh, I'll pedal; cool. they can they can twist the throttle.
2: Excellent.
1: Um, let's change subjects a little bit. Um, you know, we talked to you last time, and your your son um w- was battling with leukemia. Uh, I saw on your social media that recently you guys went out on a mountain bike ride uh, just a few days ago. Yeah. It sounds like, and it seems like he's. He's doing pretty well right now. How's that going?
2: Yeah, thanks for asking. So, yeah, Ethan has been battling this for about nine months. Uh, He's had it ups and downs. You know, when he's going through the the leukemia, it's, I mean, excuse me, when he's going through the the chemo rounds, it's it's pretty tough on him. Um, He loses his energy. And here's the good news. He's in this nine-month weekly chemo schedule that just ended last week. Okay. So, he's yeah, he's done with, but he's a little, he had chemo Thursday and Friday last week. So he's, He's kind of still feeling the effects of that, but uh, he he wants to. Uh, he's playing video games today, and he's he's eaten a couple times, so um, I think he's about to turn the corner and all that. But yeah, he he rode mountain bikes with us. Um, I mean, a short ride. And He was sure. on a, one of the electric mountain bikes that I have too, you know. And it was just a short ride, but it was just it made it was a highlight of my year almost. But he's fighting the fight. His faith in God is still rock solid, and and uh, you know, just really. A, Um, ready to get on to the next page, But here's the other cool thing since we've talked, man. Um, So we had thought originally, so here's the deal. Once he gets through with this this nine-month period, he goes into what's called maintenance, which is going to be once-a-month treatment and very light treatment. And that's going to be for two to three years. We had originally thought that he could resume normal activity once maintenance is finished. But we found out several weeks ago that they told us now that once he gets on maintenance... As soon as his strength comes up, he should be able to start resuming normal activity again. So he might not be far away from getting on a dirt bike again. But That's you know, awesome. we're just gonna to take that one step at a time, and and uh, but we're just thankful that that uh, we get to spend every day with him. You know.
1: Yeah. He how old is he right now? About twelve or thirteen, he's, it looked he's, like. He's, he's, now he's seventeen. Oh, yeah. is that old. Okay. The picture he's I saw. of the, yeah. the picture I saw of him. He looked a, a little in the background on the mountain bike. I thought he was a little younger. Yeah. That. Yeah. Well, I gotcha. So yeah. what is his? what is his mentality? I I know he's, he's probably tired. Like you say, worn out from uh, the chemo, but does he talk about like, Hey, I really want to get back on a motorcycle or I really look forward to what, like, what is he looking forward to?
2: Yeah, he really is. You know, so last year, last year at the, at the, at the Loretta Lynn regional at three palms, he won his first moto by 14 seconds in the C class. Yeah, killed it. He set the fastest lap time. Um, yeah, he, uh, he raced in three different classes that day. He won a couple of motos, but then he had some misfortune in his other motos. He didn't qualify. I mean, he set the fastest lap time in his class, right? Right. When you do that at a regional, you're usually a contender at the national, right? If you're the fastest in your class at a regional, well, his brother and his sister is qualified for Loretta's, and I mean, they got fit at their regional, and here, here, Ethan was on the cusp of winning his regional and didn't make it. He says, "Dad, I still think about that almost every day." He Uh-oh. goes, "I don't." He goes. I don't care if I still got to go back in C class. He's still qualified as C. You know, he he could come back as a C rider in a year or two or three whenever he's able to start riding again. You know, yeah. it's, it's later on this year or whatever. But yeah, he he's got that hunger. He he wants to ride, and I mean, he's got a lot of other goals in life that he wants to do as well. Uh, but that's definitely one of them. He wants to go to Loretta's like his brother and sister did.
1: That's all. You got to have those goals to keep you motivated. It's, it's great that he, you know, through his faith, I'm sure, and his strong family, that he doesn't you know, get depressed and just kind of like, you know, want to give up. I mean, I'm sure there's times when it's not, it's not difficult for somebody going through a difficult time to get woe is me. But you know, when you have, it sounds like he has goals and and a passion for life and writing, and, and you know, he's he's just looking to get past this and it is hopefully one day it's just gonna be a bump in the road.
2: Well, exactly. If I can just touch on, on what you just said about goals and stuff and about being motivated and you're right. So many kids that age are depressed and, uh, what Ethan has done, he's learned card tricks, right? Since he can't be physically active that much, he's learned a bunch of card tricks. You that's know? cool. He's taught himself some, and, and he's he's done some through YouTube. And, and he's got a doctor friend that's the head of hematology at Texas Children's Hospital down here in Houston that does card tricks. And this guy's from Puerto Rico, and he's good friends with one of the Puerto Rican Astro players, Carlos Correa. Well, he found out Ethan was a big Astros fan, and he got... Ethan down on the field to be with Carlos and the Astros. Ethan was doing card tricks in the dugout before the game. It was amazing, and uh, Ethan was the highlight of, of, uh, of you know Ethan's um, part of his treatment time. is being yeah. able to go through that and do that. But what what the nurses have said because he he does he's done he's done um, these card tricks in ICU before, right? Okay. Nurses come over from all these different floors because they want to hang out with Ethan, <laughs> and they've told us. <laughs> it's crazy, you know, uh, but they've told us that so many times that especially teenagers, they come in and they just, all, the life is just sucked out of them and they they like have no hope. And, and, and they said that Ethan is just such a bright array with his attitude, even though he's fighting this and his body's down, he keeps up, you know, and, uh, and it's been pretty cool. And there was oh, the one other thing I was going to share about that. Yeah. So Carlos Correa, the shortstop for the, for the Astros, his agent was hanging out with us during this whole deal and, he was seeing how the girls were really liking uh, how Ethan was doing all these tricks with the, with the, with the cards. Right. Mm-hmm. And so he was like, man, I need to learn some card tricks. And It looks like the tricks show. It's kind of a chicken magnet. You know, I go, yeah, it's like having a puppy, man. You gotta, <laughs> gotta have some, you know, you gotta have some tricks up your sleeve. The girls like that, but uh, yeah. it's been, uh, it's been hard, you know, but there's been definitely some highlights along the way.
1: That's fantastic, man. It's really, really uh, awesome to hear those things. Um, Larry, how about you? Have you had a chance to ride much in the last year? You've got a lot going on.
0: You know, I haven't. Uh, I know we. I saw you at the
2: Moto Masters last year when I raced the Alta. Yes, sir. And uh, got a couple of hole shots and a Moto win there. And I think <laughs> that was my. I think I raced one other time after that. Oh wow! And but now, now since the Altas are gone, uh, I haven't. I don't even have a, a bike in the garage anymore. Been riding my mountain bike a lot, um, and, or not a lot, but a little. You know, just trying to stay on two wheels. And uh, actually had an accident. Uh, about 12 weeks ago, riding with Tyler Livesey, uh over in Austin, and ended up breaking six ribs, partially collapsed lung, and oh, a geez. separated shoulder. Yeah, on top of all that, but that was all self-inflicted. So,
1: what no kind of mountain me, bike riding the, were you doing?
2: Man, Tyler's an animal, and okay. what's crazy is we were just on the way to the trail, and it was it was a downhill paved path, and we were doing about between 20 and 30, and I just lost the front end on this sweeper, this downhill sweeper and just hit the ground hard, but my Troy Lee helmet's pretty much saved my noggin. That that thing had uh gravel embedded into it and uh, no head injury at all, but the the rest of the body was pretty pretty banged up.
1: <laughs> well, wow, yeah, I'm glad it didn't turn out any more serious than that. That's uh Exactly. I, I have yet to have a mountain bike crash, but that's probably cuz I don't ride it very much. So that's that's uh, I know it's coming. But uh yes. Yeah, I so- know. How about the – are you guys still involved with the uh, Texas FCA camps at all? I mean, I know you're not riding anymore. Yes.
2: Yeah, yeah, I'm riding a little bit, not too much, but uh, definitely doing the FCA camps. We had our Houston camp last month. We've got the Oak Hill camp that's coming up this next week, uh, Monday through Thursday. I think that's the 8th through the 10th. Okay. uh, 8th, 9th, 10th, 11th. And I think we do have a few spots open. They're awesome. Great camps. I'm the lead instructor. We got some great instructors there as well. Uh, Lane Shaw is going to be one of our instructors, along with Cheyenne Harmon, and I've uh, got a group of about four or five others. So, oh, nice. Um, it's uh, Oak Hill is a fantastic facility, um, as you know. But uh, Kevin, the owner there, Kevin, Kevin Coleman, Coleman, he'll have it. Yep. He'll have it all totally prepped for us every day, and riders get a ton of riding time. And the way that works out is we have about we have about seven or eight instructors and they're set up on different sections of the track and a group of anywhere from five to 10 riders will work with a trainer for about 45 minutes and then take a break. And then they'll go down to the next trainer, work the next section of the track and just do that throughout the day. And we'll have some organized practice. And uh, if we have to use two tracks, we'll use this night track and the day track. And, um, and then we'll have, it's great fellowship off the track as well. We have a live band as well. It's just a lot of fun. So, um, if anybody is interested, um, there's still a couple of spots open. Uh, uh, most of the, We're pretty full of most of the bike sizes. We don't have very many 50s. Kind of strange for this one. We only have okay. two or three 50s set up for that. So uh, great camp time and uh, lots of riding time and a lot of fun and good fellowship.
1: Yeah, it sounds like a blast. And Like I said, I was just at Oak Hill this last weekend, and that place is – it's got the main track, which is beautiful. Like you say, the night track, there's a UTV track, the pump track, a little mini skate park. Um yeah, really cool place. And you mentioned Lane Shaw, he's coming up. I'm going to be talking to him after I get off the phone with you. He's our next guest. Sweet. Yeah, I'm looking Sweet. forward love to that, that kid is so positive and just uh so full of life also, man. He, he's amazing. I, I really <laughs> love Lane a lot. Yep. Well, yep, Larry, will be there uh, good. good. Yeah. I'll have to tune in. Yeah, I appreciate you coming on and um uh, the stasic thing's got me pretty stoked, man, after seeing him this weekend and hearing from you. I'm I'm definitely going to start looking into these things and um seeing about trying to get one set up. I think the I think the girls would really enjoy it and maybe like I said, I can get them more involved with doing what I'm doing if they'd There you go. Go it's, ride. It's
2: perfect for that. So, good luck. Let me know how that goes.
1: We'll do. Well, Larry, thank you so much. Uh prayers to Ethan and uh really glad to hear that he's starting to feel better and and hopefully going to get back on a bike soon. That you know once he does that, we'll definitely maybe we'll get him on and and talk about That would be
2: him Yeah. Get, yeah. That would be awesome. I would, uh, I would definitely tell him that. That's uh, another, another thing that he could look forward to. So, thank Absolutely. you. Appreciate that.
1: Absolutely. Well, Larry, thank you so much. It was great talking to you, and uh, we'll, we'll hear from you soon, man. Okay.
2: Real good. Thanks, man. Keep up the good work.
1: Will do. Thank you.
2: Thank you. Bye. See.
1: All right, Larry Hughes. Uh, Cause he's definitely Houston area. Really, really great guy. Um, you know, he's a lot, lot of uh, strong faith. Um, you know, if that's not everybody, I, I, I realize not everybody has that same faith, but um, really he's teaching a lot of our young riders some good lessons and, and putting on camps and, uh, you know, doing good work. So it's really cool, and the dude was fast, and I hate that Alta went away, but I think it's really great that he's got this new project with Stasic and hopefully, you know, I, you know a lot of us don't, or a lot of you guys maybe don't care for the idea of electric motorcycles, but um, I think in certain situations, it's phenomenal. I've said before, I have an empty lot across the street from my house that I would love to be able to go out after work and put a little rut track in and ride, but my 450 is just too damn loud. The neighbors would never allow that. So having some kind of electric bike or something that I can go out there and put you know, 30 minutes in after work would be fantastic. Um, so yeah, I'm going to look into these Stasics. I know it's a bicycle. It's not exactly a motorcycle, but it still could be something fun for your kids, for yourselves. Uh, check it out, S T A C Y C dot com. Okay, we'll take our second commercial break and be back with Lane Shaw. Since 1998, Fly Racing
2: has been focused on developing the best gear possible. With research and development, they have become a leader in safety and comfort.
1: Fly Racing is worn by many of the top athletes in motocross and supercross, including Weston Pike, Blake Baggett, Zach Osborne, Andrew Short, Damon Bradshaw, and Adam and Tyler Antonap. 7 tray, I wear fly cues. wear fly too. 2019 Fly Racing line includes the popular Light Hydrogen, the new Evolution DST line, the all-new women's light line, a redesigned F2 helmet, the FR5 boot, and Zone and Zone Pro goggles.
2: Fly Racing also has hard parts for mountain bike products and snow gear. Go to flyracing.com or check out your local dealer for more info.
1: Blood Lubricants' signature products, Blood Power Sport Series, Blood Racing Pro Series, and Blood Racing Pro Elite Series were all created to bring out the highest level of performance and protection for all types of racing. From dirt track to off-road, motocross, supercross, and drag racing, BloodLubricants.com has what you need. Along with their oil lines, Blood Lubricants provides chain loop, degreaser, polyclean, and other top-notch products. Independent tests have shown blood lubricant oils to allow your bikes to run up to 30 degrees cooler. Give Jeff Green and Blood Lubricants a try, and you won't be disappointed. Blood Lubricant sponsors of Tyler Powers, Team PRMX, Team TXS, and many other pro supercross and motocross riders. Visit bloodlubricants.com today. Once again, we are back. And our next guest is brought to you by Fly Racing. Since 1999, Fly Racing has been focused on developing the best gear possible. In 2019, Fly became the title sponsor in Supercross, and they're a a co-sponsor of Outdoor Nationals. Riders like Weston Pike, Blake Baggett, Zach Osborne, Damon Bradshaw, and our next guest all wear Fly Racing. Go to FlyRacing.com or your local dealer to see all that Fly has to offer, and they are officially back on board with the Moto X-Pod show for another year. On the line with me, Mr. Lane Shaw. What's up, dude? What's going on,
5: man? Happy to be calling in. It's good to talk to
1: you. Yeah, man. It's it's great always hearing from you. Um, I just got off the phone with Larry Hughes, and we talked about you a little bit, and uh, just what a great, positive vibe you always have.
5: Oh, that's, that's awesome! Glad to hear the good news. Um, yeah, I just try to be a a positive guy. Just try to keep everything moving. Try to keep a good energy around me. Try to just keep it flowing. If I could carry it on to someone else, hey, that's that's what I try to do.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think, and I think you do that, man. You know, guys like yourself. Um, you know, with Larry and I were talking about this a little bit ago about you know his faith and uh, you know you're doing this Texas FCA camp coming up, but. You know, even when I see like the recent pictures of you in the hospital, like you have this huge smile on your face. You know, you're you're you break a femur, um, but you turn it into a positive message. Like I don't know why this happened, but I'm gonna find the positives in it. Uh, there's got to be a reason for it. Uh, I mean, look, going through life in in a negative state and in, in a you know depressed or angry there's just no way to live, man. So I think when we find people like yourself that are just always positive, always happy, it's, it's really something to look up to, man. And to try to strive to be like.
5: Thank you, man. That's what I I live for that. Um, I try to be just like that. Um, You know, I had the unfortunate of breaking my femur this year, but I kind of want to take it, take it as something that uh, the the man above kind of threw at me. He's challenging me. So, yeah. I need to get to the bottom of it and just kind of keep moving forward and make it as a positive thing. You know, I had a, we had a, an up and down season, but I think if I can learn from anything that has happened, I think that's what's going to make me a better person and to equal that over to a better rider. I think if I can inspire other kids, that's what I would look up to if I was younger. So I just try to do that and I try to be the role model that I would that I would look up to and that I want to be.
1: Absolutely. Well, let's, let's step back a little bit to this injury. So I was reading your, your post, rereading your post from when it happened. And, um, you're at moto sandbox, just getting ready to go out for practice. And you know, there's an issue with the bike, like, you know, back in the, back in the eighties, I would have said, you probably forgot to turn the gas on, but the thing died, cut out and, and you break a femur, man. I mean, um, you know, and that's, that's tough, but What's the recovery been like for with a femur, man? How have you been feeling? How's how's the the recovery going?
5: Um, it's been going really good, to be quite honest with you. At first, it was a little bit tough. Um, I haven't had anything like that happen before, and it's it's a little, I I don't know how to say, it. it's a little life changing at first because you yeah. really can't move your leg. So I could sit there and think about my leg moving for the longest time, but I couldn't get it to move. <laughs> um, so that was a little, way different for me. I I had a I thought it was gonna be a lot better like come a little quicker than it did, but yeah. at first it like kinda like tumbled me, like, okay, like take it slow, I can't just do it like anything else that I'd broken, you know, us motocross rides, we like to push the envelope sooner than we should. Sure. But at first it was it was a little tough. Um I couldn't move anything, so I had to figure out how to like even just to get into bed, just to get up, walk around. It was tough. So I had to use my walker um, every day. Every day at, at first it was real tough. But then, about three weeks in, right before I went to Vegas Supercross, I hit a day where every day, like, I could feel something get a little bit better. Something was moving a little bit more. I could lift my own legs. And once I could lift my own leg, I was just like the next greatest thing for me. And it just kind of triggered and okay, I can do this. What can I do now? So. Yeah. Right now, I'm almost, I think I'm 11 weeks out right now. Um, I went to the doctor two weeks ago, and I got x-rays on everything, and everything's healing good. You know, my bone's still attaching, but I got a lot of calcium around it. My doctor says I'm doing everything that I need to do. So he said to come back in a month. So I'm probably another two two to three weeks out from going back to him. Well, and, um, Oh, go ahead. And once I go back to my bed, once I go back to him, he'll kind of give me the go. But I might wait another couple of weeks. I want to make sure that everything's, everything's stronger than it was before I get back on the bike. But right now, it's coming along. I use my cane a little bit uh, when I'm training. But other than that, it's, it's getting better every day.
1: So with this Texas um, FCA camp next week at Oak Hill, um, how's that going to work? Like, are you going to be just um, – uh, you're clearly not going to be riding any –
5: no, no, I'm going to be an instructor, a riding coach instructor. Uh, it's the best week of the summer for me. I guess I'm blessed to be able to do it. I'm glad uh, Scott Willingham puts on a great – Scott and Larry put on a great um, camp for these kids. It's something that if I was a little kid, oh, man, I would have loved to do this. Uh, the man above in Simono, uh by some of the best, you know, Texas riders. Uh, you can't really go wrong with it, but I get to be a part of it. Uh, it's like my – Third or fourth year. Yeah, um, I'll be out there. They usually have assign us a section, and then uh, all the kids come in like thirty-minute or forty-five-minute sections, and they all come to us once the day, once for the day. So we'll usually have like seven or eight groups. So it's a long day for the trainers, but I'll be out there in my hearing. Uh I'll be walking around and trying to give the kids the best tips that I can give them, riding instructions to help them ride safely. Go faster and I just have more fun. It's awesome. just an awesome camp. It's an awesome
1: week. Yeah, it sounds like it's going to be a blast. Um, let me ask you about your Supercross season before the injury. Uh, you said there were some ups and downs. There was a couple of really cool highlights. Um, you are overall take away the injury. Were you happy with uh, with your your racing team? All South hanging at you know going to the races with Kyle and Van, uh, your buddies. You know, I mean, how, how was the whole year's experience up to that injury?
5: Up to that injury, I mean, it was an awesome year all around. Um, I had a couple ups and downs, but I think it was because it wasn't the lack of trying. Um, I think it kind of taught me now stepping back after this. It's like, okay, I got the speed. I got all these, I got all the things that I need. I just need to put them all together. I need to slow down in my head a little bit sometimes, make right. a
4: better,
5: better decision on the track instead of reacting too fast. You know, I feel like the speed and everything there is there. Um, I just I'm a young rider, so I gotta um you know starting riding at thirteen. You wanna make things happen real quick when you're <laughs> up there right now. But yeah. I kinda seen that like, okay, I belong here. I just need to slow down a little bit. But it it was awesome. Every weekend was a blast being with Kyle and Dan everywhere we went. Um it's a really good time.
1: Yeah, it was uh, a was...
5: fun little fact that no one really knew uh, I actually fell the first, first week going, coming into Dallas, I fell practicing at Tim Ferry's and I ended up falling on my wrist. I went and got it checked out. Uh, no bones were broken and that we could see in x rays They wanted me to get an MRI, but I mean, we didn't really have time to do that kind of training and <laughs> trying to just kind of bypass it, you know, it right. or we don't really, we don't have time for that. We got to get to the race. Yeah. We're but, too tough for that. And, yeah, yeah, we're superhuman sometimes. We like to be
0: medical and, uh, medical
1: experience. What do you need what do you know?
5: Yeah. Um, so I, it's still I mean, it was bothering me a little bit while i was at home after my femur. I wasn't really worried about it until after I got my femur and I started moving my wrist a little bit and it still bothered me so I went got an M R I on it. I ended up having a broken uh broken bone in of my hand. Oh yeah.
1: That's crazy. I saw you. You mentioned that to me, you know, but geez, I mean, is that not, I I hate to, I don't really want to bag on other sports, but like I I have my buddies at work that don't understand motocross and they're all about like baseball and football. I'm like, look, man, those guys are sissies compared to motocross guys. You know, you (laughs) you get a turf toe and you don't play for six weeks you know, Lane Shaw has a broken wrist and he keeps racing or, or you know, it's like, you got to race, man. This isn't a team sport. We're out there to make some money, you know, and and then riders don't want to not ride, you know. You you want to go out. It doesn't matter if you're hurt. You just want to go race.
5: You're totally right. We, you know, we really don't have time to be hurt. Yep. You know, you kind of, if something's wrong, you're like, okay, eventually I can get past it. But um, it was a, it was a tough year with the wrist. You know, it hurt really good. Uh, you know, everyone's just saying, like, hey, we just got to move past it. Like, keep moving forward. But honestly, when I, at first when it was hurt, like, it was tough to ride because, like, I couldn't hit whoops. I was, like, really sketchy in the whoops. Um, so that's, you know, like, when you know coming in that you're not 100%, it's very, like, it's very hard to get pumped to come in, like, see the, like, on track walking, like, to be excited as you should. Okay. Like, but to come, like, to make it through the season I'm super happy with, but to find out something was actually kind of wrong kind of made me feel a little bit better about myself because everyone was just like, man, hey, it's in your head, it's in your head, it's in your head. <laughs> but like, you know, now seeing like, oh, okay, you know. But like even then, the night that I won my LCQ in Indy, like I was good to that LCQ. Like I had it. Like that was, you know, everything clicked. And yeah. It was just a great night, a great race, like one of the best of my life. But when I lined up on the main event, like I couldn't even pull my clutch in. So like That's gonna be scary. I was like, well... I was kind of like, well, here we go, like let's just make it through, you know. But so it kind of makes a little bit of sense now. But you know, I wouldn't have it any other way. If I went back and did it, I wouldn't, have, I wouldn't have set out. Right. I wouldn't have probably went and got an MRI. I would have been doing the same thing I was. <laughs> you know, I wanted to be out there for my team. I wanted to be out there for me.
1: Yeah. So for sure. you know,
5: you do you do everything that you can, and I felt like I did all right for that, you know. So I'm happy with it.
1: Good, good. So I want to go back to Vegas. Um, you know, I, I fly in and we go to the, we go to the, the car rental place and here comes, uh, Lane Shaw and his, his, his lovely mom and grandma. And I got to, I had about a 20 minute car ride with your mom to the other car rental place. Um, dude, you got a really cool family, man. Your, your, your family, I can see where you get it from. Um, What's it? What's it mean to you? Have such a tight family? They're supporting you, and uh, you know their love and support, and and just having somebody like that in your corner.
5: It's the best, you know. I really couldn't uh, be more thankful for my parents. Um, my mom travels with me everywhere. My dad works his butt off for us. Um, I like, but I feel like the Moto community, or like being a racer, has brought me closer to my mom and dad. Um, it's been awesome. It's been probably. The coolest thing that I can brag about is, like, that I love about moto. It's such a family sport for me. Um, to have them supporting me the way they do, you know, this is a tough lifestyle, but, you know, they make it worth it for me, and that's why I work so hard. That's why I ride with a broken wrist because, like, yeah. they're doing honestly everything they can for me. Um, it, it's just cool to be like that. You know, I have my, my mom and dad. My grandparents are so supportive. My nana is always, like, my biggest fan. Um, I got my brother, Dustin Kopchak, who's kind of like my team manager. He's always, he was at three or four races this year. Um, his dad, he's like my second dad. He's there. Um, you know, I have a really tight crew with, with everywhere I go and I'm just so thankful to have them all.
1: Yeah. It was, I could see that while in, in those moments I got to visit with you guys. And then of course I saw you guys, I think again, later at the, uh, the live show Friday night, you guys got to do a little bit yep. of that. Um, how was that? Did you guys, did you enjoy that?
5: I enjoyed every second of that. Um, I think with Steve and what Chris and all the guys up there are doing, I think it just kind of – it's really cool for the sport. I think they bring a whole new aspect to it. It gets people, you know, talking about it. You know, it's like a moto community, everyone together. It was really cool to see everyone come in for that. Um, even I learned some stuff about the riders. Like, you know, I know Chad Reed. I don't know Ryan Bill Polo very much. Yeah. You know, I rode with Chad Reed all the past year. But it was cool to hear, like, kind of what – you know, what went down and everyone's thoughts on everything. You know, I think that's really cool that they're uh, doing that. I told Steve and all the time. Like, thank you for what you do because y'all are keeping the motocross alive. Y'all keep it going. You do, Um, dark like, excited. So like what y'all do is just, it's just awesome. And I'm thankful for you guys.
1: Well, we're, I think we're all glad to get the chance to do it. Um, you, you mentioned Kiefer a little bit. Kiefer is a very, very supportive of Lane Shaw. Um, Tell me a little bit about how you first met Chris and, you know, like how that friendship started.
5: I'm, I actually was training that summer with Andrew Shore and Coach Sagey, which was Andrew's trainer at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, we uh, Coach Sagey got on the Pulp X and I actually had someone call in about me and kind of asked me or like asked him about Lane Shaw and Coach Sage, you know, talked good words. So instantly, Chris was, said uh, good was like really a very nice guy. and was like saying, just like, oh, I like this kid. He's a short, easy, good kid. Well, I heard all that. I didn't listen to the show that night, but I heard it. And I hit Chris up on social media. I said, you know, I'm coming to California after Loretta's and wanted to do some supercross stuff. And he was just like, I told him I was going to be out there. I'd love to meet him. He was just like, hey, would you like to be involved in a two-weekie out? I was just like, what? Like, <laughs> yes, <laughs> please. Yeah. Like, where do I got to go? Where do I to be? And he was just like, you know, I'll have you come out. Don't worry about it. It'll be cool. And then uh, as soon as I went out there, we just we clicked. You know, He's like a brother to me now, a uh, mentor, everything that I could ever want. Um, and that's kind of how it all started. And then right after that, he got me. To test Cameron McAdoo's bike like twenty sixteen when he won the Monster Cup in the amateur class, the All Star class. He let me uh he put together something with Tony Alexi to let me test that bike. Uh on press day, I was the first one on the track. Um I got the, the bike to myself. and the whole track I had to take the people working on the track off. Like a whole a whole deal. It was just one of the coolest things I've gotten to do in my life and then ever since then Chris has just he's just been a mentor to me does everything he can to just help me. Yeah. You know, uh, just one of those guys who's just so thankful to have in your life. And it, it's honestly cool. It's really
1: cool. That's fantastic. Um, All right, so still healing up, um, you know, getting things together. Uh, what are your plans for – are there any off-season races? You know, like any – will you be doing any overseas races, any money races in Texas? What are you thinking before 2020 gets here?
5: Man, I really haven't even – thought about i would love to do some overseas races but i don't know who i need to talk to i gotta i gotta start riding first before I hear freaking about that yeah but i really want to um do some of that like the texas pro challenge some of the money races um the district the state the texas district series or district 20 district 41 stuff we have going on i'd love mm-hmm. to jump in i'm just i just want to race my dirt bike man. and you you go so long without riding one or getting a race. I didn't get to race any outdoors or anything like that. You know, I want to, I just want to race. So whatever I can to race my dirt bike, if there's a money race somewhere, I'll be going at all not And I just want to get better on my dirt bike and just have fun and get back to the race.
1: Yeah. I love hearing that, man. And I look forward to seeing you. I hope I can make the pro challenge this year. I think last year, well, last year it was the weekend of MX of nations, if I'm not mistaken. So I was at Redbud. um, but hopefully it'll be a weekend where I can go because I definitely – I love seeing all the Texas guys show up and, um, you know, all the fast guys come out for, for that big money out at Swan.
5: It's it's really cool. I mean, uh, the people that run Swan are awesome. Uh, it's a great event. It's a beautiful time in Texas. Yep. Right the first week of October, so it's starting to get a little bit colder. <laughs> the track is just one of a kind. It's so beautiful out there in what, East Texas. So you, you just got to go. It's just one of the greatest – one of the best – funnest weekends for me I've had getting a race with their bike. Oh,
1: that's great to hear. Well, Lane, man, I appreciate you coming on for a little bit and updating us and um can't wait to see you get back on a bike and I want nothing but the best for you, buddy.
5: Ha <laughs> ha thank you, Dark Side. Yeah. I'm super excited. Uh thank you for having me on. It's so good to talk talk to you. It's been a while since in Vegas and I've been kind of trying to lay low a little bit and, and trying to stay lay lay low. Yeah. I've um, been doing some training camp and just rehab trying to get back better than before so it's just been it's just been a chill summer over here
1: well hey i am sure you've been following the nationals let me just ask you real quick what do you think about the parity so far this year i mean there's a you know it, there hasn't been any just domination in any of the classes i mean i know acs leading but i mean there's you know the 250s but i mean it's it's been pretty uh, i think the racing for all of 2019 has been exciting but the outdoors have been cool so tell me what you think about the, the overall races outdoors so far and what did you think about the WW track a couple weeks ago since that was the new track on the circuit. Just watching.
5: Man, just watching the races have been awesome. It's been really it's been really tight between, you know, Cooper and A C. Um the two fifty class seems like it's been you know, you have, you know, they're they're all good riders and any of them at any time could win. Yeah. But, you know, they and then the 450, I'm pumped to see Kenny getting up there because, I train, you know, I've gotten a ride and train with him, you know, being at the Moto Sandbox. So that's super cool to see him getting back up there again. I just think it's been a really good summer. It's been some really good racing. Um, it's fun to watch. I wish I was doing it. But, you know, <laughs> from, at this standpoint, you know, it's, it's been fun kind of watching it, kind of trying to learn a little bit watching him on TV. But the, uh, I really wish I could have raced WW. because that's, right down the road from where I train. I would have been super cool. I've never been there, but the track looked awesome. Um, super technical. It looked like it was super hot. Uh, it everyone, was. Everyone was uh, having problems with the dehydration, so that's, that is insane. But uh, it, it looked like a fun track. It looked like a good race.
4: Yeah, it was. have
5: so, having it on the circuit. It, uh, it's really cool. To, you know, I like it when they spread it out and they give it some new tracks, you know. Everyone doesn't really have an advantage unless you've ridden there before, but it's it's different on you know if you were to ride at Freestone and then race the national, it's going to be way different because it's going to be like twelve foot deep. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's just cool. I like I like them expanding out and getting some new tracks from the circuit instead of just keeping the same ones all the time. The, the race has been good, and I hope to be out there soon. I mean, I don't know if I make it this year, but I totally plan on racing the next year.
1: Awesome. Well, Lane, once again, thank you for taking some time for us tonight. And uh, best wishes, man. We'll talk to you soon.
5: Yes, sir. Thank you so much, sir.
1: All right, buddy. Be safe. All right. Bye. All right. All right that's Lane Shaw, Team All South. Uh, yeah, glad to hear him in good spirits. Can't wait to see him back on the track, man. We just lo- love all these Texas guys making a run. And the privateer, man, they're they are working hard. And, you know, guys like himself and Van, Um you know uh, Kyle Cunningham in years past, John Short, our Texas guys, man, they they're we're proud of them, and they're they they deserve some they deserve some respect and some uh, follow. So if you guys aren't following Lane Shaw, go follow him. Okay, one more break, and we'll be back with uh, a special guest. Be right back.
5: Hey, this is David Vitterman, the Cobra. You're listening to the Moto X spot Show.
1: All right, as mentioned, I have a special guest on the line tonight. He is brought to you by MX Girl Designs. If you're looking to make your modern bike pop or freshen up your vintage bike, Charlene at MX Girl Designs can fix you up. Char does fantastic custom work at a great price, so contact Char at mxgirl.com. That's Char, C-H-A-R, at mxgirl.com for info. On the line with me, world-famous, world-renowned, Pulp MX uh, superstar, Skippy. What up, boys? what's up dude how you been man
2: i'm well, man, doing good working my butt off man how are you
1: uh same thing same thing but you're selling motorcycles i was trimming limbs all day so um how, yeah. how'd the motorcycle business go today you sell any helmets
2: oh yeah man been uh pedaling some uh formulas like crazy it's a uh, pretty cool time to be alive with uh technology and uh, it's a good time to be in the uh, motorcycle industry we're doing well we're uh showing gains every month we're uh Compared to last year, getting uh, you know substantial uh, increases every uh, every month, and yeah. uh, just trying to progress and trying to do the best we can to you know, serve the moto community the best we can at uh, the one and only cycles center. Then,
1: so what is something that you guys like? What's the thing you sell the most of? I mean, first of all, are street bikes, dirt bikes, ATVs, UTVs? Are those like what's the most the biggest seller as far as big big ticket items?
2: Uh, that's definitely gonna be the uh Polaris side by side. Yeah. Uh, um you know, the other day I sold a roof for side by side, it's fifty two hundred dollars. Oh my so, god. Yeah, there's uh there's big money there and you know, we have accessory tickets uh for some of our vehicles that um you know, get ten, twelve, fourteen, you know, even seen it as uh fifty thousand dollars worth of accessories on these side by sides for these heavy uh you know, hardcore hunters or uh the Rangers and stuff like that. Um uh, you know, wheels and tires, upgrading to ten ply tires. um yeah. you know, stuff like that. You know, wheels and tires are two grand, and then you got to do a lift kit, and then you know, suspension upgrades and stuff to accommodate uh, those upgrades and stuff like that. So, which is, you know, why you see a lot of dealers that uh, aren't heavily invested into the moto stuff because, I mean, I could sell one roof on a for a side by side, and think about how many thousands and thousands of gear, you know, how many yeah. jerseys and pants how many jerseys and pants does it take to compared to one roof on a side-by-side? So it's crazy. Um, you see a lot of dealers, you know, invest more into the side-by-side market, but uh, we, uh, we also have uh, literally tens and hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of, uh, you know, motocross apparel and uh, a lot of fly racing, a lot of uh, fly formula helmets. I mean, we got over 500 plus dirt helmets in stock alone. So it's, it's, Pretty cool because, you know, as long as you invest into it and people see that you have it. Yeah. I think the brick-and-mortar stores are still doing really well in that uh, that aspect of stuff because you can't really, you know, replace the experience of dealing with somebody that uh, is knowledgeable about the product and being able to try it on, too, before you buy it.
1: That's a key right there is being able to try it on. I mean, all helmets fit a little differently. I mean, even for going from a Fly F2 where I wore a medium to a Fly Formula that's fitted a little bit differently, I went to a large— you know so yeah having the opportunity to go to a like you say a brick and mortar store and 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 you know not only getting experience with a one only skippy but having a chance to pick up the formula and pick up the tld's new helmet and the new fox helmet and you know and pick what you like i mean you know fly sponsors our show but there's uh there there it's good to have multiple choices and and like you said the technology that's coming out um that all that does is improve our safety it's good for us
2: oh yeah for sure you know there's yeah, you know, there's a lot of um, opportunities out there to uh, educate uh, the consumers. And, um, you know, it's our job to take responsibility, you know, for what we have in the store and be as knowledgeable as we can about it. And uh, regarding, you know, educating the consumers, there's a lot of people that come in. They're like, oh, I'm just, you know, they just grab this $100 helmet and bring it up to the counter. And it's like, you know, you get some information on them, you, you know, introduce yourself and find out what they're riding, where they're riding, and uh, just get to know you know, the consumer gets another customer. Well, and if you do a good job with that, it makes it pretty easy to get a feel for who they are and what they're riding. And uh, then you can kind of turn it into, man, I see you got this helmet, but are you aware of the you know, different features and benefits of this particular model, you know, compared to what the one you're looking at here? And people are really intrigued to learn more about specifically safety. Uh, sure. So to, so to, you know, People are always like, oh, you know, you're upselling, you're upselling. It's like, yeah, I am upselling, but, I mean, not really. I'm just trying to get them in a better protecting helmet. And people will invest in the better safety gear. A lot of the, you know, mainstream, you you know, riders and stuff like that that are just in the weekend warriors, they're just not educated on the product. They don't get all nerd it out when there's a
4: press release on a new product like we do so
2: yeah
1: they kind of they look at the the paint scheme and if it looks cool and then they say oh that's that's a, you know it saves me a couple hundred bucks to buy this helmet they may not know any better and the uh the old you know the the saying you get what you pay for it, it, there's a lot of truth to that i mean there's a reason that that saying exists and you do get what you pay for so yeah it seems like you're doing a good job man but let, let's talk some racing so Oak kill this weekend oh, yeah. uh pro cup oh yeah I was there Saturday. I did not get to hang out with you because you had to work. Um, yes, sir. But Sunday, you went out. First of all, the event Saturday while I was there was amazing. Huge turnout. Uh, Jason Walling, and all the Tucker guys, uh, Great, just a great turnout. A lot of cool people there. Shock Socks. Um, numerous, uh, 6D, no, 6D wasn't there. Uh, just one was there. Um, but you came out Sunday. You raced. You you got the throwdown with some guys like Jake Masterpool, Ryder Floyd, Grant Harlan, um, tell me about your experiences last weekend, man.
2: No, it was a great time. You know, the uh, you know once again, just hats off to Jason Walling and uh, the entire Coleman family with Oak Hill. They put on an incredible event. I mean, to have you know twenty pros lined up and the four hundred and fifty class is pretty cool. And uh, you know, it's not something that happens all the time with local racing. So it was, uh, well, and especially was during cool
1: to- the middle of the national season, and still have those those caliber guys show up.
2: Yeah, exactly. And I mean, uh I had actually heard that even after uh his top ten overall, John Short flew in and uh I was not under the impression he'd be racing as well, but uh I guess that turns out that wasn't the case. But that would have been uh, that would have been a pretty cool story. You know, he shows up and gets top ten yep. and then proceeds to uh you know, go out there and uh give Ryder Floyd uh, and Jake Masterpool uh you know, run for the money. You know, it's pretty cool to uh you know, even what's the name uh steve said that uh you know that jake won't race it. you know he took out took a couple of weeks off to you know the you know heal up and stuff like that but yeah. he got kill, so that's was, that was kind of funny my point was like well he probably left with two plus thousand dollars at least <laughs> yeah. so i mean yeah you're probably not making that you know so, no and so john cool
1: john did plan on coming back he um, he told me he was going to try to do it but i think the schedule just didn't work out but yeah that was true he was and then you know, we had Kyle Cunningham out there who didn't uh, – I think he crashed in practice on Friday, so he didn't race Saturday or Sunday, I guess.
2: Yeah, his uh, his motor let go on Sunday, actually, okay. in the uh, first moto. And uh, he was blowing white smoke, but he was uh, all over master pool. I think he had a – I don't think he had the best start. Uh, I think he was a, a couple spots in front of me. I think I started sixth or seventh, and then he had a couple spots in front of me and uh, made some passes, and then um, – was all over master pole and, um, bike started blowing white smoke and let go. So that was the, uh, end of, the, end of his day. And so, which I was stoked about, you know, I can
4: say I'd be kind of hamming you know what I mean?
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. I got a, um, one of my buddies has another buddy who really probably should be like a beginner or maybe a novice rider, but he would always sign up for the pro class and like <laughs> back in the nineties Uh, mid nineties at one of the pro challenges at Swan, he, he passed Raynard after Raynard crashed and it took him forever to get up. And that was like the highlight of his day, dude. I I just passed Raynard. I finished ahead of Raynard, you know, like I can't say that. So that's, yeah, that's pretty bitching. There you go. Yeah. You beat Kyle Cunningham. That's awesome. Skippy. Yeah.
0: uh, You know,
2: just the, one of the many things I can throw on the resume. What can I say? Well, let's talk about, uh,
1: Millville 125s, man. That's, uh, you still doing that, right?
2: No, actually, uh, I uh, got my pro license, so I'm racing the 250 class, actually.
1: Oh, okay. This is news to me. Uh, yeah. All right. That's why you got that bike from uh, Kent Ryder, I guess.
5: Yeah. Yeah, so uh,
2: my bike's currently under construction, if you will, trying to uh, <laughs> get some uh, get some horsepower dialed in. John Mitchell at Jam Racing, uh, the junk man, he's uh, putting his special touch on the head and then uh, – uh, I get it back tomorrow, and as soon as I get the bike back tomorrow, I'm hauling Bud down to Austin to go spend some time with Derek Harris and HP Race Development, um, along with his help and Dan Truman with uh, Get Data. I'm going to have a Get Data ECU on there to oh, work nice. with the uh, the Renegade Fuels. So a huge shout out to Dan to uh, for you know getting me all fixed up, and uh, so I'll be excited to do that. But uh, Derek is a uh, Man, he's a big, big computer nerd, and he knows how to make some horsepower and uh, also create a lot of reliability. So um, it's pretty cool to, you know, be able to work with such a, a good group of guys, and you know, just to uh, get that uh, rocking and rolling. And it's, believe me, it's got me wide open and broke. And but, you know, <laughs> it's just one of those things that you know, I actually went to go sign up, and I got a lot of points uh, in the proams uh, during the Texas winter series. Yeah. And I didn't know how many I got, but I'd gotten some in years past. And, um uh, so when I went to go sign up for the 125 all stars, I saw that I could put my application for my license and put it in and everything got approved and did all the things that I needed to do. And, um, you know, before I knew it, I was, uh, you know, got my AMA number, which is cool. Cause I got 858, which is my brother's race number. So oh, that's right. Really, yeah. That's pretty cool to be able to, you know, have something, um, uh, yeah, you know, for my brother, my brother Eric's my freaking motocross hero, man. Yep. He was he was always the smooth operator and you know, so that's super cool and uh, yeah, I got a couple other people helping me out and uh, even Cycle Center uh the shop I work for, those guys uh stepped up and helped me out with some renegade fuel and stuff like that. So it's uh you know, it's it's really cool, you know, it's it's a lot of fun. And it's one of those things that you know might not get the opportunity to ever do again, so why not just go for it, you know?
1: Well, that's going to be fantastic. I'm glad I'll, I'll be able to be up there and uh, experience your your experience. I'll be sitting there watching you then and see how that goes.
0: Yeah,
2: I'd imagine it's going to be uh, pretty interesting. You know, uh, <laughs> seeing, a, seeing a lot of my buddies uh, going out, like Ryan Granham and stuff yeah. going through the, the the motion. Sorry, I'm opening my door. Um, going through the motion of, you know, the qualifying process and stuff like that, it's uh, – you know, it's pretty cool. I know it's gonna be difficult, but I mean, I'm. The attitude I'm having with this, just have fun, and, you know, if I'm having fun, I know I'm gonna be comfortable. And that kind of track, I think I all do well at. I think I, being 31, you know, the the real goal here is to make motos and make sure that Marty is not the oldest person on the starting line. <laughs> okay, that's the goal. I like it. So I like it. Oh yeah, even uh, Miss Charlene's getting me uh, with MX Girl Designs, getting me dialed in with my graphics. I'm actually sending over kind of a a rough, uh, rough draft of what uh, my graphics are going to look like, and she's going to get them printed up for me. And then, uh, yeah, it's going to be sick, man. This going to be a good time. So. Good
1: deal. Well, Skippy, uh, before I let you go, so Steve, uh, you, you know, you, like me, like to call in the Pulp Show, and Steve kind of shuts you down pretty quick usually. I think that's just kind of gotten to be his routine with you to bust your balls. Um, <laughs> so when we go to Millville and he if he tries to do any kind of privateer interview with you, you, you got to shut him down. It's, nope, nope. I got only got time for dark side.
2: Oh yeah. Well that'll uh that's I can't wait to be able to rub that in his face. That'd be a great great thing. If I make the motos, he uh you know, it'd be pretty cool for him to go you know holler at a listener and then a the listener just shuts him down. Yeah. That'd be just so yeah. awesome. Yeah as many I, times as he hung up on me over the years, yeah. that'd be great.
1: I, I've got that a, would be a good time. I've gotten a ton of responses today from his his he and I our discussion on the wrap up show about the wrap up show last night. Uh, everyone's like I don't know what he wants from you and I I, I kind of just think he's fucking with me at this point like it's just he's just being <laughs> Steve man I mean you know he's contradicted himself blatantly last night and it's just like oh, whatever I'm just gonna do what I do and Steve is just like he Steve likes to stir the pot
5: oh yeah oh yeah that's no
2: lie so it's yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, it's always a good time to listen to the Pulp Show. Whenever uh, any of us call in, it's usually guaranteed to be uh, something pretty interesting. Right, <laughs> right.
1: So, all right, Skippy man. Hey, I'm I'm really proud of you, man. For uh, you know, kind of getting back into racing these last couple of years and getting a chance to watch you at the Pro Challenge. What two years ago, I guess uh, I think is when I saw you, and just man, the, you know, watching you come back around and that that love you have for the sport and your passion for uh, for the industry, man. It's it's really cool, and I appreciate it.
2: I appreciate you, man. And, um uh, huge shout out to, you know, everybody that's been sponsoring me and helping me out. Huge yeah. shout out to my girlfriend, first off. Tiffany is, uh, you know, my chick's pretty amazing, man. She sacrifices a lot of, uh, time to, you know, be out there at the track with me and, um, supporting me and then her enjoying riding herself. And, uh, huge shout out to her. And then, uh, you know, all the guys at Tucker Power Sports, they've, uh, really helped me out and been behind me regarding, you know, all my pro taper products. Uh, chain and sprockets all all the stuff that um you know can add up in price and uh, you know not only am i saving money by working with those guys but i mean i'm getting a very very superior product uh you know working with tucker power sports once again it's uh just unbelievable uh, the guys at renegade fuel uh for hooking it up and cycle center did for stepping up and taking care of me uh cycle center i'll always say is my biggest sponsor because they're the guys handing me my paychecks every two weeks so <laughs> right Huge shout out to Kenny, Carlos and Jason for dealing with me every day and uh you know, keeping me keeping my uh, bills paid and uh also uh the lease properties, uh you know, Donovan stepped up and hooked me up to help pay for some parts and uh, some fuel and stuff like that. Uh, of course uh, J T and Kyle Gills and everybody with fly racing, they uh got me set up on some new lit kits, so that's always legit. And uh Anthony with Oakley Goggles getting my air brakes dialed in. Love my air brakes. Keep- <laughs> Can't beat those. Um I'll stay Mobius quiet. braces. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mobius braces, they're incredible. Uh CD boots, Larry Hughes was hooking me up whenever he was still with them and uh so to get some support on the uh on the ankles is always good. Uh cool. John Mitchell with JM Racing. Um HP race development, Derek Harris, and all the tuning he's done for me in the past, uh present and future. He's unbelievable. Of course, uh, Dan Truman with Get Data, man, it's, it's where it's at. We put a we put the um uh, one of those get data ECU's on the TPI two-stroke,
4: mm-hmm.
2: bro, bro, it is a game changer. That's what so I hear? Check those out. That is, it is insane the difference these things make all the way across the board. Uh, even whenever you, it's idling, it's different. It's just wow. unbelievable what a what a good data ECU will do for your motorcycle. So check them out. Yep. Uh, I can sell them to you. So hit me up. I'll sell them to you. There you go.
1: Hit hit up Skippy at uh Cycle Center Dinner for Get uh, Cycle Center of Denton for a uh, Get Data ECU. You guys if I know if you listen to the show, you listen to Pulps, you guys know who Dan Truman is. Uh great dude. And yeah, always supporting the privateers, at least as long as they are on his fantasy team.
2: Yeah, do you want to do a uh, how about a Moto X pod discount code, man? You mentioned Moto X pod whenever you're on the phone or you message me, I'll get you twenty percent off on Anything that's not on clearance. How about that?
1: Hell yeah, I like it. I like it. So yeah, there are our, our listeners. Get a hold of Skippy, man. He'll take care of you.
2: Oh, and also huge shout out to uh Kent Ryder, man. Kent has you know, gone above and beyond helping me out. Uh he's an unbelievable the way he's you know, just been you know, like a, a big brother or Dad figure was working on my bike and helping me out, letting me ride his bike. He's got a aluminum frame C R five hundred he let me ride. <laughs> Golly, it's just Service Honda sweet bike. And yeah. even, uh you know, giving me a bike to race this weekend at the uh the Independence Day Pro Cup was unbelievable and Kent's just really gone above and beyond to take care of me and uh you know, just super, super appreciative for, you know, everything he's done for me and continues to do and you know, just uh Kent, you're the man. I appreciate
3: you,
1: Bubba. Yeah, Kent's good people, man. I've got to race against him a little bit and hang out with him. And, yeah, very, very nice guy. And just, uh, man, the moto community is just awesome. That's all there is to it. Oh, yeah,
2: that's no lie. You know, he and his uh, family and uh, and his wife, Laura, and uh, his son. So his son's name, do you know what his, na- his son's name is? I don't. Fox Brayton Ryder. <laughs> so his name is Fox Ryder.
1: That's really cool. Uh, huh? I like it. Yeah,
2: it's pretty sweet. I'm trying to get him an autographed uh Brayton jersey, you know? That'd be cool, you know. Justin Brayton, what's up?
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we'll have to maybe we, we can uh get a hold of Brayton. Maybe we can do that.
2: That'd be awesome. <laughs> Skippy, man. That's thank right. you.
1: Uh tell Tiffany I said what's up. Um yeah, she's she's a rad chick. You you got a good one there, buddy.
2: <laughs> yes, sir. All
1: right, bud, I'll talk to you real soon and I'll I'll see you in Millville. All right, Bubba, see you there. All right, see ya. All right, that's Skippy. Um, all right, this that's a show, man. Uh, I'm going to wrap this thing up since I'm here by myself. As I've said, it's you know not all the banter that we usually have when TJ's in, but uh, I do want to congratulate again Dustin Davis for winning the Blood Lubricants Oil and PolyClean, and I want to thank all of our sponsors real quick one more time. Torque Racing Shock Socks for your uh, Torque One Racing Shock Socks for your. Uh, fork seal protectors, MX girl designs for your graphics needs, all sport dynamic wrist braces, blood, lubricant oils, fly racing gear, power band racing for your WP suspension needs, works, wheels, and mods for your wheels, uh, Cerakoting, motor work, suspension work. If it's not WP extreme colors for custom painted helmets, we're going to be giving one of those away. Well, we already picked our winner, but we're going to be doing another one as a, uh, for a little, uh, raffle for somebody for one of our local riders, And, of course, Kyle Tucker with Keller Williams Key Partners. And I have a new phone number for him if you've got any real estate uh, needs. 319-389-7696. All right. That is uh, the end of this episode. We are out of here. We'll be back next week after Red Bud, then a week off before Millville. Thanks for listening.
3: i ah.